going to see in Jonah chapter 4 um, exactly what Pastor Ryan just said. We're going to see God working to move what's in someone's head down into their heart, to move what someone thinks and what someone knows down into their heart, which will ultimately lead to the way that they live their lives. We're going to see in Scripture this morning that it's not just about knowing, but it's about knowing and believing. And when we believe, that belief is going to result in a change in heart and ultimately a change in our life. It's going to impact the things that we do, the decisions that we make, the people that we are, the way that we live. Because you see, knowing stuff doesn't necessarily do that, but believing it and our heart is what ultimately leads to a change in our lives. We've been in the book of Jonah, right, for the, the last several weeks. It feels like we've been in the book of Jonah all summer. We've been looking at different things, discussing different things, studying different things. And I think that a lot of us could probably recite the book a little bit, right? At the very beginning of the book, God comes to Jonah and says, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of, where, where is he sending him? Nineveh, Nineveh right? Jonah says, No. Jonah says, I'm not going there. I don't want to go to Nineveh. And he goes the opposite direction. In fact, he gets on a boat going a long, long way away. And so God says, forget it. I'll find somebody else, right? No, no. God says, no, you're, you're my man, right? You're the guy that I want for this. And so God pursues Jonah. He sends a storm in his pursuit of Jonah. And the boat is there, and it's rocking, and Jonah goes into the ocean. And then God sends a fish to swallow Jonah up. God is still in pursuit of Jonah, right? The fish, right, as Jonah repents and gets his heart right with God, the fish, it says, vomits Jonah up on dry land. And so God comes to Jonah again and says, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. This time, Jonah says, yes. He says, I'm in. Okay, God, I'll do it. If this is really what you want me to do, I'll go. And he goes to Nineveh, right? And he preaches that powerful sermon in Nineveh that says, hey, guys, very, very soon, God is going to wipe out the city, right? That's his sermon over and over and over again. Hey, just a little bit longer, and Nineveh is going to be overthrown. Well, the people of Nineveh, shockingly to Jonah, heard what God was saying through Jonah. And the Bible says the people of Nineveh believed God, not Jonah. They believed God, and they cried out to God. They repented. There's genuine remorse and heartache for the sin and the evil in their lives, and they turn away from that evil, and they cry out to God, and the Bible says that God relented. In fact, look at, at Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, right? This is how chapter 3 ends. They repent. It says, when God saw that, when God saw they cried out to him, when God saw that their heart was broken for the sin in their life, and they turned to him, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So Jonah preached in this city, this big city, across the entire city, and the entire city together was convicted by the word of God. They heard it, they knew it, and then look, that message made the journey from their head to their heart, and they believed it. And it changed how they lived their lives, and it changed the things that they did. And because of that, God gave them new life. God didn't destroy it. So if the book ends right here, Jonah is a hero, right? 
I mean, think about it. If the book ends here, Jonah is an absolute hero. Jonah is a guy that, that was sent by God that preaches this message, and 120,000 people got saved because God worked in the heart and in the life of Jonah to bring about repentance in those people. I mean, think about that story for, for a preacher, for a pastor, for any follower of God to say, man, God worked, and when I spoke, 120,000 people placed their faith and trust and God, I mean, that's a, a huge, huge deal. And there's a little bit of rebellion at first. Then Jonah says, God, I'm, I'm going to do it. Thousands of people trusted in God. Big, big deal for Jonah. But Jonah's got four chapters, not three. The story doesn't end right there. It continues. And listen, guys, as the book of Jonah continues, we see that God is concerned with the heart. Right? We know that God is concerned with the hearts of, of everyone in the city, but as it continues, we see that God is concerned with the heart of individuals, that God is concerned with the heart of individual people and individual lives and personal stories. Guys, we see that God is concerned with the heart of Jonah. And as we read this and study this and see this, guys, my hope and prayer is that we would see that God is concerned with our hearts as well. Right? Not just, just big picture and, and big people, but God is concerned with every single person and every single heart. And he wants to work in the heart of every single person as well. Listen, we're going to read chapter 4, and chapter 4 is going to let us see right, that although Jonah did what God told him to do, his heart wasn't in the right place. That Jonah's heart wasn't where it needed to be. It wasn't in line with God's heart. And as we read chapter 4, we see that, that each and every person in here doesn't matter if you're a sixth grader, a tenth grader, an adult, if you're a pastor, it doesn't matter right, who we are in here this morning. We're going to see from God's word that our hearts should also be in line with God's heart. That our knowledge of God should lead to a belief and faith and trust in God right, that aligns our heart with the heart of God. Let's look down into chapter 4. Right? Read, let me read verse 10 of chapter 3 or again, and then I'll get into chapter 4. Chapter 3, verse 10, when God saw what they did, so when God saw the people of Nineveh cried out to him, God relented of the disaster. God saved them, right? God gave them new life. That's how chapter 3 ends. Chapter 4 says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry, right? Read those two verses together. God saves the city. 120,000 people have faith in God, and they're saved, and Jonah got mad. And Jonah was angry about what God did and the work of those people. I mean, look, look at that. It's crazy to read those two verses right next to each other. God saved people and Jonah got angry. I mean, I can't even imagine that, right? God saves people and Jonah gets angry. I mean, think about that. It's like at camp when, when someone would walk to the back to place their faith and trust in Christ. Imagine everybody booing the person that's going back to give their life to Christ. I mean, we can't even think. That's so ridiculous. We couldn't even think about it. Imagine if every time somebody got baptized in here, instead of us clapping and cheering and standing up, imagine if we booed the person that got baptized. Can you all think about that for a second? You can imagine that, right? In fact, if one of you booed someone getting baptized, we would probably have a pretty big problem because that's sort of a big deal. Timmy, I'm going to switch to this. Number five. That's probably a pretty big deal, right? Booing someone that, that had just given their heart and their life to Christ. We would never do that, right? When someone trusts God, when someone gives their life to Jesus, we get excited. We celebrate because we're excited about the life change that comes only from 
God. Jonah's not there, right? Jonah is furious that God saved these people, 120,000 of them, and not just furious that he saved their souls. Like, Jonah's mad that they're not dead, right? Jonah wanted them wiped off the face of the earth, and it didn't happen. And look at what Jonah says. And Jonah prayed, right? This is his prayer to God, right? Jonah prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is it not what I said when I was still in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, to get out of here, for I knew that you are a gracious God, you're merciful, you're slow to anger, right? Jonah's saying this about God, you're gracious, you're slow to anger, you're merciful, you're abounding in love and relenting from disaster. So God is, or Jonah's saying this to God, all these incredible things that I think you and I would agree with about God. He's saying all of these things, and then in verse 3 he says, therefore now, O Lord, please take my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. So Jonah sees God save these people. Jonah's saying, God, I knew that you were going to save these people. I knew that you were so full of love. God, I just want to die. And Jonah sort of spirals a little bit into a, a, a tough spot. Right, and, and these are real and genuine feelings from Jonah. Right, that Jonah's not making this up. This is really how how Jonah feels, and we see this in his heart. So, so we see right that, that Jonah's in this place of of wanting to die. Jonah's in this place of, of not seeing the point to go on living. And guys, that's a tough spot for anyone to be in. Right, that we know there's genuine like angst in Jonah's heart and in Jonah's mind right now. Like we we know. Right? We know that there, there's something very, very serious going on because of Jonah's response to God's mercy and grace that's shown to the people of Nineveh. And so Jonah, as he responds to God, as he's angry at God, as he's saying, God, take my life, God could look down on him and be so frustrated with Jonah at this point, saying, Jonah, are you kidding me? First you ran, then I pursued you. I saved you miraculously, and now I've saved this entire city. I, I'm sick of dealing with this. You want to die? That's it, and just wiped him out. But God doesn't do that, right? Because we know that God is concerned with the heart of the individual, right? God is concerned with the heart of Jonah. So I want you guys to pay very, very close attention to God's response here to see how God is at work in the heart of Jonah and to also look and think about how God is at work in our hearts as well. Look at verse 4. Instead of saying, Jonah, I'm done with this, God said, Jonah, do you do well to be angry? God asked him a question and basically says, Jonah, why? Do you really have any right to be mad right now? I don't understand where, where this is coming from, Jonah. Do you have any right to be mad right now? And God creates this circumstance where Jonah is now, ha now has to think. Right? He has to think about what he's saying. He has to think about what's going on. He has to think about what God has done. And he's got to answer the question. And I think that there's times in my life, and I would imagine there's times in your life as well, where God uses situations, where God uses circumstances, maybe God uses people. I don't know. Where God uses things to make us really think and question what's going on in our heart. Where God does things to make us question and think about and ponder what we really believe and why we believe it. Jonah's angry. He believes, right? He believes that he's been wronged. And God asks him a question to make him begin to articulate it. Let's see what Jonah does. Verse 5, it says, Jonah went out of the city. 
So he's left Nineveh now. And it says that he sits to the east of the city, and he made a booth for himself there. And he sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. I think that he's sitting out there waiting to see if God's going to do something to the people of Nineveh. It says, now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might shade his head to listen to this, save him from discomfort. So Jonah's at this place where he's mad at God, where he's arguing with God, where he's saying, God, take me, and God graciously provides a plant, look at your verse, in verse 6, to save Jonah from discomfort. That's pretty merciful, right? I mean, God's going above and beyond for Jonah, but we're going to see this is to teach Jonah right, to wrestle with Jonah's heart. Verse 7, when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm to attack the plant, and the plant withered. The plant died. So when the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And again, Jonah looks at God and asks that he might die and said, it's better for me to die than to live. There's some serious stuff going on in Jonah's heart right? Jonah's happy when he has the plant, and now, because the plant dies, again, Jonah sort of spirals here and says, God, I just, I don't want to live anymore. It's better for me to die than it is for me to live. And in verse 9, God said to Jonah, again, do you do well to be angry for the plant? He's asking Jonah, why are you angry about this plant? Jonah says, yes, I do well to be angry. I'm angry enough to die. Think about his heart here. This is the third time Jonah has told God, I'm angry enough to die. Jonah was angry enough to die because God saved 120,000 people in Nineveh. Jonah was angry enough to die, right, because the, the plant died. Jonah was angry enough to die again, talking to God about this plant. Verse 10 says, and the Lord said, listen, Jonah, you pity the plant, and you did nothing to bring it about. Nor did you make it grow. It came into being, and it perished in a night. God's using this plant to wrestle with Jonah's heart, right? God's using this situation to, to impact, to change Jonah's heart. Look at verse 11. And should not I, that's God, should I, not I, God, pity Nineveh, that great city in which there were more than 120,000 people who don't know their right hand from their left, right? Not, meaning that they don't know what's right before God, right? That they're, they're so, so far gone in the evil that they can't even get out on their own. They don't know what's going on and also much cattle. Listen, guys, we see here that, that God used Jonah, right, in the city of Nineveh, and we also see that, that Jonah, his heart isn't right. God used a man whose heart wasn't in the right place. And as we read this, hopefully one of the things that, that maybe comes about in our heads and in our hearts a little bit is that, that God can use us oftentimes in spite of us. But if we're not in the right place, if we're not thinking the right things, if we're not saying the right things, if our hearts aren't perfectly in line with God, God's still going to do what God wants to do. God's still going to use us the way that God wants to use us. So if you've ever thought, listen, I'm not worthy, I can't do this, God hasn't called me to this, or there's things in my past that prevent me from doing this, there's things in my present that keep me from doing what God wants me to do right now, I want to encourage you with this text this morning, Jonah, this man whose heart is, is so, so twisted and maybe doesn't really understand what God is after here and wanting to die, God still used him to bring about the salvation of 120,000 people in that city, but 
as we read through chapter 4, we see that God doesn't just desire to work through us to impact others, but guys, God desires to work in us to change our hearts. All right, God is concerned with the heart of the individual. He's concerned with Jonah's heart. He's concerned with my heart. He's concerned with our hearts, right? God is concerned. He cares for our hearts. He wants to shape us and to mold us to make our hearts like him. And throughout this, guys, God's working in Jonah's heart, right, for very specific reasons, right? Jonah's heart needs to be in line with God. So instead of getting rid of Jonah and casting Jonah aside, God works. He speaks, he talks, he converses with Jonah to bring about change in his heart. As we read this, my hope is that we would remember that our heart needs to be in line with God's heart the same way Jonah's heart needs to be in line with God's heart. As we read this and think about that city of Nineveh and how much they needed God, man, my hope is that we would read this and think about how much our city needs God. That we would think about how much spring at Houston and Cyprus and Tomball and, and anywhere else we might live right around here. That we would read this and think about how much every person around us need God, just like the people of Nineveh needed God. So this morning, we're, we're going to look through a couple of things. And here's my, my hope, my prayer, that, that everyone would just take a minute right now, just to, where you're sitting, and say, God, please work on my heart. God, please work on my heart. Get my heart in line with your heart. Go ahead and do that. Just, just where you're sitting, say, God, work, work on my heart this morning. All right, help your word to get my heart in line with your heart. Say, God, help me to view people the way that you view people. Say, God, help me to view hearts the way that you view hearts. Just ask him right now. Say, God, help me to view hearts the way that you view hearts. And guys, that's so important because listen to this. Our feelings towards people directly determine our ability to minister to them, right? The way that we feel about someone is going to impact the way that we love someone. The way that we feel about someone is going to impact the way that we minister and share the gospel with that person as well. So I'm going to pray for us, right? And I just want you to to bow your heads. We're, We're not done. We're sort of right in the middle here. I want you to bow your heads, right? And I just want you to take a second and say, God, help my heart to be in line with your heart. God, help your word this morning. Teach me Teach me that knowledge needs to flow from my head where I know it to my heart where I believe it. God, help me to believe. Help me to trust. And help my heart to be in line with your heart. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so Jonah chapter 4. As we read this and we look at Jonah and we look at Jonah's responses to a lot of different things, we would say, all right, Jonah is a little bit messed up, right? A lot of the things that Jonah is saying are way off base, and Jonah is out of alignment with what's going on, right? Wanting to, to die because people are saved. We would say that's way off base. We would say that that's really, really crazy. And so as we read Jonah chapter 4, it looks pretty bad for Jonah. Like it looks like Jonah is way off base, but I want to take a second and I want to point out that Jonah knew a lot and agreed with God about a lot of things, right? Jonah holds fast to a lot of truth 
then I think you and I would hold fast to as well. Like Jonah agrees with God on a lot of truth that I agree with God on. I think that you would agree, agree with God on as well. And I want to point a few of those things out. The first one is this. Jonah and God agree that Nineveh is wicked. Right? We see in Jonah chapter 1, verse 2, God saying, Arise and go out to the city of Nineveh. Their evil has come up before me. And Jonah also agreed that the people of Nineveh were evil. And I think that you and I would agree that the Bible teaches that people who are far from God or people who are apart from God living in, in sin are separated from God. And the only thing that could change that is the grace of Jesus Christ in our life. So I think that, that me and, and you and Jonah and God agree that people that are separated from God by sin have that in their life. The second thing that Jonah agrees with God on is this, is that God can save people miraculously, right? That God can do crazy things to bring about people's salvation, right? Jonah was saved miraculously by a fish, right? That's a huge miracle in his life. And in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9, Jonah says, salvation belongs to the Lord. So Jonah admits God can save people. He knows God can save people. We see it again in chapter 4 that he knew that God was going to save the people in that city. So God saved him through a miracle. And you know what? God saved me through a miracle. Right? And if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, God saved you through a miracle as well, right? Repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ is nothing short of miraculous, right? As God works in our hearts and in our lives. God makes people who are spiritually dead alive because of Jesus Christ. And guys, that's a miracle, a miracle that that could happen. So if that's, if that's true of you, if you've placed your faith and trust in Christ, God has worked a miracle in your heart, taking something that was dead and making it alive. So Jonah and God agree, and I think you and I would also agree that God can save people. The third place that Jonah and God agree is this, that it's God's nature, it's God's nature to be gracious and merciful. Look at Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. It says, I knew that you were a gracious God. You're merciful and you're slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. As we've read the book of Jonah, we see over and over again that, that God's this God of giving second chances, that God doesn't write us off, that God wants to work in our hearts, right? I, I think that all of us have probably experienced a second or third or fourth. Like God gives us chances because he's concerned about our hearts. And, and because of that, we've all experienced the grace and mercy that can come only from God. We see it all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Bible. In fact, God's so merciful that, that he sent his one and only son so that we wouldn't perish, but so that we could have eternal life. So I think that we would agree with Jonah and God that God is merciful, that God is gracious. And then the, the fourth thing is this. Jonah agreed. Jonah knew that God would show mercy to people who repent. Again, chapter 4, verse 2, that God would relent from disaster. He would give life. And guys, I think that we agree with that statement. Jonah agreed. God agreed. It's true throughout Scripture, and we see it in John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son that whoever believes in him would not perish, would not perish. We, we believe that God will save people that cry out to him. That's why we do what we do, because we believe that God will save people. And so as we read chapter 4, it looks really bad for Jonah. It looks like Jonah is way off, but as we really think about it, uh, there's a lot of places where, where God and Jonah are in agreement, right, where they are in agreement. And, and I've got this feeling that the same is true of us, 
okay? That, that, that a lot of times we could be in the same place as Jonah, where there's a lot of agreement between us and God, where we would acknowledge and say specific things about God's word and say, I know that. I agree with that. I'm in on that, right? If we're asked questions, we, we could say, you know what? The Bible says this. If we were to say, hey, what does God say about this? We could probably quote Bible verses to say and to agree with God in our minds. We might not know where they are, but we could probably tell each other what the Bible says is about specific things. But I want you to think about Jonah, right? The same was true of Jonah. Jonah knew a lot of things in his head. And in chapter 4, we see that the things Jonah knew in his head did not affect his heart. Okay, the things that Jonah knew right here, you guys, hadn't made it down to affect his heart. And I want you to think about that for a second. If we really believe something, it's going to change what we do. If we really believe something, it's going to change the way that we live. And so my hope and my prayer is that as we read this, as we think about this, right, this passage of Scripture, these verses together, that, that we would begin to think about what we know in our head and what we truly believe in our heart. It's so important, so important to make sure that we don't just think about it here, but that we know it right here. Everything that Jonah knew about God, listen to this, did not affect his heart for the people of Nineveh. That's where the disagreement between Jonah and God came in, over the value of the people living in Nineveh. Guys, God saved them. God showed us that he loved them. God showed us that he cared about them. The fact that he sent somebody to them and then relented when, when they cried out, God loved the people of Nineveh. By contrast, Jonah hated the people of Nineveh, and he was mad that God didn't wipe them out. That's the disagreement over the value of the people that lived in the great city of Nineveh. And instead of just getting rid of Jonah, Instead of wiping him out, we see God working to move Jonah's knowledge from his head to his heart. Jonah said, I wanted to die. God could have said, okay. He didn't. He talked. He worked through several things to hopefully bring about a change in Jonah's heart. Listen, it isn't about who knows the most. It's about growing close in our love relationship with Christ, all right? God taught Jonah through, through a couple of different things. God changed his heart through a couple of different things. And my prayer is that as we look at, at just two specific things that God would change our heart to for the way that we view the city and the people around us, all right? God taught Jonah through that plant. Look back at chapter four and look back at that plant. Might seem a little bit silly, but God raises this plant up to bring about comfort for Jonah. And then God sends a worm to destroy that plant. And ask Jonah in his anger, Jonah, do you have any right to be mad about this plant? Do y'all think Jonah had any right to be mad about the plant? Did Jonah plant it? Did he water it? Did he pick the weeds around it? Did he fertilize it? Right, did Jonah do anything for this plant? Or did God do everything? God did everything, right? God did everything, but still Jonah was mad. He had done nothing, right? And then God got asked the question and flipped it around and, and asked about the city of Nineveh, where in contrast, God had invested much in the city of Nineveh. Nineveh had been around for a long time. You can see it all the way back in the book of Genesis. And we know that God labored over the city of Nineveh, that, that the city was there because of the, the gifts, the wisdom, the power that God had, had bestowed upon the city of Nineveh. We know that God is sovereign, and the people in that city, their lives, everything about them were there because of 
God, right? God is at work in those people, even when Jonah didn't see it. So that's the first thing I want us to take away this morning. It's this, guys, God's at work in people. God is at work in people, and we need to remember that, right? We have no idea what God's doing in the people around us in Houston and Spring, but count on this, guys. God is at work, whether it's obvious or not, guys. God is at work in our neighborhoods, our schools, our offices in this city. Everything is happening because God is allowing it to happen. People have been placed here by God, for God, and he's at work. And as we allow this knowledge of God to move from our heads to our hearts, we're going to see God at work in the lives of people. So God taught Jonah through the plant that he is always at work in people. And God also taught Jonah through the 120,000 people that lived in the city. Listen, every person in that city was created in the image of God, was knit together by God, was formed in the womb by God. God helped Jonah remember that they were valuable because they were made in the image of God. They're valuable because God had created them. And listen, look up here, guys. Jonah probably knew that, right? Jonah probably would have said, okay, they're made in your image. There's value there. He knew it. He could probably say it, but he didn't live like he believed they were valuable. He didn't live like he truly wanted to see God at work in their hearts and in their lives. And I think, listen, guys, in the same way, all of us, right, who have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, I think that all of us would say, we believe that people are made in the image of God. We believe that people are valuable to God, and because they're valuable to God, they're valuable to us. But my question is, does that truth, has it penetrated our hearts in a way that it shapes our lives? Here's an example. When we think about school, right? Are we frustrated? Are we angry? Are we thinking, no, I don't want to go back to school. School's like a prison. I don't want to go. They're, they're going to lock me up in school every day. Or, or do we view our schools as our greatest platform to share the gospel, right? Where God surrounds us with people made in his image, with people that don't know him, where we've got the opportunity to share the grace and the love and, and that only comes from knowing Jesus with the people in our schools. Guys, I think when the truth of God's word about people being created in the image of God and being separated from God by their sin, when that really sinks into our hearts and moves from our head right on down here, guys, it's gonna shape the way that we live. We're not gonna be able to be quiet. We're gonna do specific things to make sure people around us know Christ in a way that brings glory only to him. I think when we believe that, when we see that, when we know that, when we understand that, we're gonna begin to see our city, we're going to begin to see our schools and our neighborhoods the way that God saw Nineveh. We would see them as people that are loved by God. I think that that belief in our hearts is going to lead to action in our lives. And that's my prayer this morning, that, that all the things that God has stored up in our heads, and I know that he's stored up so many things in, in each and every one of our heads for so long, that all of that stuff would begin to, to come down to our hearts and would flow out of our lives in the way that we live. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that the truth of God's word is both encouraging and uplifting to you. If you'd like more information about our church, service times, or locations, or if you have a question about what you heard today and you want to connect with someone, I want to encourage you to visit us on our website at championforest.org. Have a great day and God bless.